As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, This Is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Introducing your hosts, the multi-time world champion, Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. And the golden voice of drag racing, Big Jed, Jared Pennington. Hello everyone and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. Thank you for finding us wherever you find your podcast and allowing us to be a small part of your day. The Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast will be a weekly review of what's happening or what has happened in sportsman racing. Luke and I will be talking about all the hottest topics, drivers, and events in racing today. Luke, what's up, bud? Man, just uh, had a real enjoyable week here. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, I have as well. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun um, interacting with uh, the folks on Facebook, and uh, we're, we'll talk a lot about that coming up, but been a busy week but it's been a lot of fun yeah it's been uh, refreshing for me like I, as far as actual like my own competition i have almost completely unplugged from racing i actually spent sunday in the shop tinkering with race cars for the first time i looked at them really since we left huntsville so obviously my uh my work i guess you would say between this is bracket racing and and the podcast and selling parts i'm i'm engulfed in the sport but uh it's nice to kind of uh, unplug and take a break from the personal competition end of it and catch up on some family time and pay back my wife for the other nine months out of the year where she pretty <laughs> much does it all. So it's uh, it's nice to turn her loose and let her go shopping and uh, and and do some of the things that she needs to do. So. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And I feel the same way. We need those little, little breaks, but I guess when you do a weekly podcast, you're never... Uh, really separated from racing but it's nice to stay out of the, the shop or the garage ever so often yeah yeah not too far removed from it i've actually i, I was 
waiting on on uh, on you to call there i was playing with uh, my three-year-old and i've got i've got a little bit of a dilemma that i think you could understand and probably point me in the right direction here <laughs> we routinely have been playing a game we call it memory like it's uh matching cards like say he's got 50 cards and uh sure there's 25 matches you know there's 25 pairs of cards and you put them all face down and flip one over and then you try to find the match to it And as the game goes on you kind of are supposed to be able to remember where the face down cards are and turn them up okay. right kind of a memory game yeah my little man now granted like to to steal a line from goodwill hunting like he's wicked smart right like I, i'm not just bragging on him like the kid's pretty sharp yeah no doubt he beats me like a drum in memory and i ain't trying to lose jed uh, uh like i you know it'd be one thing you let your kid win. i can't i don't think i can whip him um so i guess the dilemma that i'm facing is like should i be proud of my kid for being that sharp or is it kind of an, an indictment on me that I legitimately cannot beat a three-year-old? What do you think? Well, it's a little, a little bit of both of that, Luke. Uh, <laughs> should be very proud of him, but at some point you've got to change the game to something you're better at. Um, you know, maybe take him out in the yard just a little bit and play some basketball. Uh, he's three. Uh, hopefully he can't beat you. I wonder if I could teach him how to stage up. I think I could beat him. <laughs> well, yeah. But sound like he's uh, sound like he's well on his way to following in the old man's footsteps. You. Uh, you're a pretty sharp guy yourself, so he comes by it natural. And we know Jessica's the smartest one in the family. So. Yeah, that's no doubt where he gets it. <laughs> <clears throat> no doubt at all. Uh, Luke, in today's episode, as you know, you know we'll, we'll break from our typical format. We're not going to have an interview today. Um, instead, we're going to spend our time talking about, discussing, breaking down, whatever you want to call it, the, uh, the All-State team and uh, our um, U.S. runoff, that uh, <laughs> the idea you come up with. Man, I was so proud of myself. I thought, man, this is really cool. And we pitched it around. We thought, man, this will be a lot of fun, right? This will be this yeah, will be a good time. discussion. It's a cool idea. And we posted it to our Facebook page, and we got awesome response. I mean, that, we had like over 75 comments, and, and we have teams from, what, 30 states almost? Yeah. And, th- and I was fired up even then. I thought, then this is awesome. And, and then it hit me. what the hell are we doing here i I, you you realize that that we're about to alienate and 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 tick off like all of our listeners that live in the 49 states other than the one we say is the toughest to compete in right i I mean i'm uh man i'm all for speaking my mind and and um but uh i'm i'm not into making people mad just for the sake of making people mad this this in retrospect this uh this feels like a lose lose deal <laughs> i uh i guess we're committed to it at this point so we'll go forward <laughs> but I, i'm just telling you I'm, I'm having my doubts yeah well i get told a lot that uh, everybody loves big jed um i believe i'm about to fix here we that. go huh <laughs> <laughs> so before we get too deep in our all-state format you know let's take a couple of minutes luke and review some news and notes from the, the world of sportsman drag racing uh, obviously the big news was the pri show last week uh, neither you nor i got to go but uh, we saw a lot of things happening getting a lot of reports back from there yeah, I guess like annually, PRI brings some some huge announcements in the drag racing world. Not a lot typically that really pertain to sportsman racing. Um, it's more in the professional ranks. And I don't know about you, but for the most part, like 
the professional categories are a whole different world. Like my finger's not really on the pulse of that stuff like it would be sportsman racing. But to the extent that I do follow the pro classes, uh, I follow people. I think most commonly, you know, people that, that we know from sportsman racing, like the ones that come to mind, Sean Langdon, Clay Milliken, Dave Connolly, uh, back when he was driving, even as a crew chief, um, Steve O'Torrance, Drew Skillman, guys like that, that, that I've met at the track. Um, so I guess the, the things that kind of caught my eye, not so much because they affect us directly, but we kind of know the people involved. Obviously, Jag and Erica making the switch to Chevrolet. That's a pretty big deal that I think most people knew was coming. Yes. Um, I'm excited. Like Just like you, I'm a Chevy guy, and I like them both. Like I've raced with Jag for as long as I can remember. He's a cool guy, and Eric and I go back even further. Like Back before there was junior drags or conference finals or before there was a national championship, all we had when I started in 1993, I think it was, we had uh, Division Four bracket finals that was just like the big car bracket finals of, you know, forever. And um, that first bracket finals, I won my age group and Erica won hers. I think I'm three or four years older than her. So that's kind of how our careers started together. We sat together at the banquet that year in Houston and, and I've known her ever since. So she's another one that I, I really tend to root for. Um, with that whole like dynamic of switching brands and sponsors, like it's tougher than it looks because you'd think on one hand well they weren't competitive in the mopars they just need to switch like everybody wants to win but <laughs> there's there's people involved in relationships there like I, I the only thing i can relate and it's certainly not apples to apples but like you and i right like we we let bones and them and andy build our motors at huntsville engine sure and so like if our stuff was blowing up every other weekend or not like providing us with a competitive advantage like common sense would tell us to switch but yep. it's a little bit easier said than done because we've got relationships like we like those guys and we've dealt with them for a long time just like jeg in particular with mopar and mopar was a part of, of erica's career coming up um so in the end i guess i mean you you got to do what's right like in our shoes I think it has a lot to do with what we can feel comfortable recommending to other racers. Um, like yep. you don't want to tell people to run stuff that you don't are, aren't confident in yourself. And in the sure. pro ranks, that's a little different because like Mopar is not trying to sell pro stock cars. Like they're trying to sell daily drivers. But I think the same ideas in large part apply. So thankfully for us, like Huntsville Engine builds awesome stuff. Um, but I'm just saying like that could be a really tough spot. So I wish Jig and Erica and their team the best, and I hope that the switchback to Chevrolet brings them back into the mix where they can contend for titles. Um, and I hope that that transition was as smooth as it can be because I, not only are they both awesome drivers that I want to see get every opportunity to win, um, like I think they're both good people. No, no doubt about it. And, you know, Erica's record obviously shows that she's capable of winning at the highest level, and obviously Jig has shown that as well. And, all things equal, you know, I I guess uh, I, I feel like he'll outdrive most racers and get wind lights. So, you know, if he's got the same power they got, you know, I feel hard like to, he's going to be. Yeah, Hard to argue with that, yeah. He's going to be the better driver most of the time, regardless of what class he's racing. And, you know, I, I commend both of them for the professionalism they displayed while things weren't going as planned. I know uh, that had to be extremely difficult. And, um, you know, this move should give them what they need to be in position to win a championship. And as a fan of both, uh, 
very excited to see the change. Love the love the move to Chevrolet first and foremost, and uh, two people that I like a lot that I think are, are going to get out there and make a hard charge at it. So it's really exciting. You know, another one of our sportsman racing buddies has got some huge news. Um, T.J. Coughlin. Um, yeah, staying in the in the Coughlin family, we've got TJ making the jump up to, to top fuel. Now, he toyed a little bit in Pro Modified, uh, not this past season, but the year before, so he's no stranger to the Pro ranks. I think, um, to some extent, the writing's probably been on the wall there for a couple of years. But, man, I, I know that uh, your relationship with TJ, TJ is strong, like, to the outsider. You can be jealous of that kid all you want and like i get it like he's got some advantages in this sport just being born into the family that he's born into that most of us don't have but if you ever talk to tj coughlin like that's a hard dude not to like i mean i've always thought that he is awesome with my son like he's just a good dude really is uh and and just like with he is with gary he's the same way with jj and jj loves him to death um uh, the guy's always so attentive and caring. Just you, you can't uh, not like him if you if you know him. It'd be easy to do if you don't know him, but <laughs> if you know him, it's impossible. You know, and the main reason I think TJ's going to do well is uh, no moment's too big for him. He, he's got ice water in his veins. He's very calm. He, he just doesn't seem to get rattled, and that'll be huge uh, when it comes to the top fuel car because you don't know if it's fixing to go 330 or if it's going to go 30 feet and blow the tires off. So. You know, he, he's extremely well-grounded. He works very hard at becoming the racer he wants to be. And I don't know, part of me just feels like TJ might be able to give his crew chief information that not every driver can deliver. Uh, so I think he's a great addition to their team. Getting a full-time ride is, is exciting. I agree. And I I mean, just happy for, for TJ because I think it's going to be a great situation for him. And a little bit interested, though, just as a complete side note because – TJ's like a really clean cut kid and extremely well mannered and like very polite all down the line. But I'm telling you, like he is a Coughlin, and there is a wild gene in that <laughs> DNA. Like if you've been around that family too much, like they are not a bit afraid to have a good time. But it's kind of behind that corporate veil. You know, we put up a real politically correct front and handle ourselves really well, but those guys will cut loose. <laughs> now, where he's going in Top Fuel, Team Coletta, um, like, there's no corporate veil there. Like, they put their good time on public display. So, <laughs> I'm just telling you, like, they're going to bring the Coughlin out in TJ. So, I'm uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to see where that goes, or intrigued, I guess would be the best way to put it. Yeah, as am I. It's, it's, it's going to be fun to watch it play out all year, and he's going to get to make every event, so that's cool. Yeah, um, no doubt. He's excited to watch it. Luke, I want to touch real quick on a, a subject that, you know, neither one of us were sure we wanted to discuss here, but um, I, I think if we handle it the right way, it, it deserves a little bit of attention, and uh, for all we know, it happens at many tracks across the country, but, um, you know, you, you get some track bashing and this and that on social media, which neither of us are a fan of, but um, recently a, a racer posted about uh, a points program that he was involved in at, at his local track, and he supported it all year, signed up for a certain uh, points reward for certain positions, and then when 
it come down to actually getting paid the money was cut in half with 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 no notice and there was a, a pretty good uh, post going on social media with a lot of things happening on it and um you know I, i'm certainly not a fan of what happened uh, but you know i'm not sure social media is the place to to discuss it either but you know, it's a it's a problem that that probably needs to be addressed in some shape or form to to make sure that everybody's doing what is right. Yeah, I I I agree in terms of like everything the way that I obviously read the post and and listeners like we're intentionally not singling out names or or racetracks here. Like this is obviously something that happened, but I don't think there's need to to um, shed light on the on the individuals involved necessarily but like i'm with you i think it's an awful decision by the racetrack and what's crazy about it like reading through that post and the numbers that are involved like it's over a like when i say that three thousand or five thousand dollars is not a significant amount of money like that's kind of crazy i get that it is but you run a racetrack like it's a probably a I don't know if it's a million dollar facility, but it's close. It probably is. Um, And you're going to alienate your core group of racers that have supported you all year by cutting the whole points fund in half that might, I don't like to say the numbers that were given, it might have saved them $3,000, $5,000. Like, what are you doing? Like, the implied costs of that are ridiculous. Like, it's hard to support a racetrack that does that. But... On the other hand, like, I just don't know how I feel about airing that all out on, on social media. And, and in reading the thread, like, I realized that the racer that, that brought light to this took it up with track management first, which is obviously the first thing that we should all do, go right to the source. Um, sure. But when nothing got done, um, he vented it on social media. And when you make that decision, on one hand, like, you're letting other racers know um that they're dealing with this track or this manager or this points program at, at their own risk but man it's just a bad look for the sport as a whole to hear this so publicly that like, nobody wins the, the track looks awful the the racer that brought it up is at best polarizing like he's a hero to some and he's a villain to others and there's really no in between and yep. i just don't know that it accomplishes anything like even if you shame the track into making it right and paying what they said they'd pay the damage has been done so uh, and i think the biggest thing is like by going public with that the racer whether intentionally or not like he painted himself into a corner like i'm a big believer that you you vote with your wallet so if i was him and i felt as strongly about this as he does like i wouldn't race there um but by being vocal he almost can't race there like he's got to go somewhere else and if that's his plan like more power to him i'm fine with that but if he goes back now to that track where obviously he raced all year like he's either hypocritical or like he's going to be viewed as a as a spineless whiner like it's not a winning situation so like i guess i'm fine with speaking your piece but you kind of have to back it up and when this is your closest track and it seems like a nice facility that obviously you didn't have enough problems with all season you know you kept racing there that's just it kind of sucks that's a bad situation so I get I like I'm kind of getting long-winded here but I'm fine with digging in your heels based on principle like I'm I'm with the guy like what the track did that ain't right but Absolutely. I think on principle while he's right at least from all the story that we know and I got no reason to doubt it um but in life like man you got to pick the spots 
to pick your spots to when you want to dig in your heels. And for me personally, I don't know that this is one of those spots, but I'm not in the business of telling people how they should think or feel. Like this dude felt strongly enough about it to go um, to go about it the way he did, and obviously he's going to deal with the repercussions. There's plenty of blame to go around here. I'm not defending the racetrack at all. I just I wish there was a better fix because again, like I just I don't think anybody wins. Yeah, the old two wrongs don't make a right certainly seem to apply here, and um, you know probably was a was a better way for both sides to to handle that. But unfortunately, it played out on social media and. Uh, it's an ugly situation, but, um, you know, again, for all we know, it happens a lot of places, but hopefully hopefully the ship gets righted soon. So, Luke, back to your idea of putting uh, all state teams together. Hey, and, you know, um, la- wait a- last week this was our idea. Now that we're about <laughs> to alienate everybody, it's my idea. Let's, well, let's... <laughs> uh, we, we know it's your idea. I mean, I can't come up with anything to make people mad, so it had to be all you. Well, okay. Um, you know, we wanna, we, we're going to talk a lot about that here coming up real quick, but just want to make sure everybody understands what uh, this is all about. We we decided to ask for everybody's input on Facebook, and we got a lot of it. And we asked for who is your all-state team. It has to reside in your state, and you could not use one racer's name more than once in certain categories. We had top bulb dragster, top bulb door car, had bottom bulb. We had uh, the 90 classes or, or super classes. We had stock, super stock, and a utility racer that could fit into many different positions. And got a ton of feedback. I mean, it was, um, again, uh, 28 states. Um, we debated including them all, but obviously we can't do that for time purposes. But, so we're going to start our field with the 16 state teams. Um, we went in and picked out uh, what we thought was the 16 that, that fit for what we wanted to do out of all of the responses. We appreciate the responses, but had to limit it to 16. We're going to use that. Um, and, and I mean, some really good racers and teams won't be included in the discussion, but um, some really good ones will be included. Yeah, just the – obviously there was a vetting process on, on our part because we had like 70-plus teams proposed from, like Jed said, 30 states or close to it um and just narrowing it down to 16 was tough like we left some really good racers and some really difficult areas of racing out um so the vetting process like some of the teams weren't complete so those got eliminated immediately you know if you only had five participants instead of six we couldn't use that um some of the states didn't at least you know in my opinion everybody's entitled to their opinion some of the teams didn't include the best racers in that state like some that stood out to me was there was a new york team without peter biondo like there was a indiana team without west may everybody's entitled to their opinion but what are you doing <laughs> like those guys are that, that those guys might be the best in the country in their respective categories like i'm pretty sure in my opinion they're the best in that state so whatever um but some of the teams included racers that that jed and i we've we've never heard of and with that said like i'm sure they're awesome but obviously i think that that just goes into um displaying how subjective something like this is like i could list off dozens of great racers that the average racers never heard of um and I don't care how you do this, like the argument has got to be, it can't help but be somewhat subjective. Like if we were going to race these teams based solely on accomplishments, we could be a little bit more objective. Like let's say we got New Jersey versus Texas and our 90 racers are Tom Stalva and Tommy Phillips. 
So if we were just going to go off what they've accomplished, like Tommy's won 40 national events, and I don't know how many Stalba's won, but it ain't 40, like 15 or so. So Tommy advances, <laughs> right? But right. that's not the criteria we're using. Like if we lined them up today, who would win? That's what we're doing. So in that, like in that pairing, that's very much up for debate. Like Tom Stalba's awesome. It's a really tough call. Like if you ran those two guys 10 times, they'd probably go five and five. Or at worst, somebody would win six times out of 10. And that's the way it is kind of down all of these teams. Um, I guess that means that there are no wrong answers, but man, like we got to race with these guys. Like I'm not trying to slide anybody. So let, before we go any further, like let me just make one precursor that if you made anybody's list for an all state team, like, you're pretty damn good at drag racing. Like, <laughs> I mean, really, you know, what we're trying to do, we've tasked ourselves with the impossible job of differentiating the, the great from the elite. Like, it's not even the good from the great. Um, and it's completely subjective. It's all our own opinions. And I'm sure you've got your own opinions. Bash us. Tell us where we're wrong. Share it on our Facebook pages. Tell us what you would do differently. That'll be the fun in this, I think, more than anything absolutely and you know so obviously we didn't include every state that was nominated and from the states uh, that had several teams presented we picked one team what we thought was obviously stood out the most to us as the best and broke it up into regions like ncaa tournament we're both basketball fans so we selected our 16 teams and we've got four from each region so it's going to be a lot of fun you know in the south obviously that's uh, my area and um, we, we had florida alabama georgia and tennessee in the central, let's be my home region, we have uh, Kentucky, my home state of Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. Um, our east region, we selected North Carolina, a team from North Carolina, a team from Virginia, as well as Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. Yep, and in the quote-unquote southwest, we took uh, <laughs> we Texas. Had, we had to get a little uh, creative. <clears throat> Texas, uh, Louisiana. We put California and Idaho in the southwest. We we know they're not really southwest, but uh, you can't the west get more coast. Southwest than California. It's <laughs> south <Idaho>. and west. <laughs> uh, we uh, we we picked those states because the the left coast wasn't really represented a whole lot in all the states so um, we took a couple of really good looking teams from the west and put them in the southwest with texas and louisiana right on and that kind of sets up our uh our further discussion for the day as we kind of break these down and, and tick off most of our audience um but before we get too deep into that discussion uh let's take a break for a quick word from our sponsors racing rvs and this is bracket racing if you've listened to our podcast before, you've heard me talk about racing RVs. They've been a huge supporter of not only this podcast, but my own racing team. You've heard me talk about the quality and selection that they offer and how Joe Fisher, the owner, is a racer himself. He speaks our language and he understands our needs. If you're in the market or are even considering a new or new to you coach or trailer, I want to encourage you to visit RacingRVs.com and check out their their current selection today do you need an rv um, they've got everything from new show hauler units priced at nearly half a million dollars to used units well under 100 grand um, how about a stacker trailer racing rvs has the latest greatest top of the line gold rush and they've also got affordable used stackers priced under thirty-five thousand dollars. racing rvs can help make your race car transportation dream a reality a reality check them out at racingrvs.com or call 
236-1328. And in addition to racing RVs, today's podcast is presented by ThisIsBracketRacing.com. Treat the racer in your life to the best gift imaginable this holiday season, the gift of knowledge. This is Bracket Racing houses a wealth of information and trainings on sportsman drag racing from our own cool hand, Luke Bogacki. Hey, that's you. That is me. And a host and a host of guest instructors. Luke even got in a bad enough shape one time. He uh, he even let me write a guest column for the site. So, uh, you were the first guest columnist. Oh yeah, I was first. <laughs> uh, buy an all-access pass that includes more than seventy detailed and informative columns, seemingly every aspect of sportsman drag racing, for just a hundred and twenty-five dollars. Want to get better on the starting line? Sure you do. Want to improve at the finish line? You bet. Find and serve sponsors? Who doesn't want that? Tune your car for increased consistency? An absolute must. You'll get it all at thisisbracketracing.com from top to bottom and back again. To order and learn more, visit thisisbracketracing.com today. Again, that's thisisbracketracing.com. So now it's time to discuss our all-state teams. And, you know, this is right now. Line them up today. Who do we think wins? So, and again, remember, everybody, this is only an opinion. It's not a reflection of who we like the most. And we don't think the losing team sucks by <laughs> no. any means. Uh, Luke covered that earlier. We're just picking who we think would win on a neutral field. Yeah, and just kind of to, uh, to explain up front our process here. Um, we, like we said earlier, we broke this down into regions. So we've got basically a single elimination tournament, just like a, a drag race, um, 16 teams. So we pair up two states and um, we'll go through the teams of both states and we'll each pick a winner. And if we agree, like we both say that Nevada is better than Utah, then Nevada moves on. No questions asked. When we are in disagreement, when I say Nevada's better and Jed says Utah's better, we're going to break those teams down racer by racer. And if at the end of that we are still deadlocked and can't come to a decision, our ultimate tiebreaker will be the utility quote unquote driver from each state because we feel like in large part that's basically singling out the best or at least the most versatile driver in each state. We'll take the utility drivers head to head and determine a winner that way. So, All right, good idea. So, let's start in the uh, again, quote unquote, Southwest, Luke, where we got the, Texas the wide open versus Southwest. Idaho. Yes, <laughs> Texas versus Idaho. Interesting matchup. Yeah, it's a quite the first round matchup. Uh, we've got a Texas team submitted by uh, Daryl Hamlin, and I didn't even pay attention on Facebook. I don't know if that's senior or junior, but thank you, Daryl, for participating. Uh, the Texas team that he submitted was uh, Peeps Pennington as the dragster driver, Riley Howard as the door car bracket racer. The foot brake entrant, or bottom bulb entrant, was uh, Chad Sandlin. The 90 racer, I think, is kind of a given from Texas, and Tommy Phillips. Um, The stock, super stock uh, entry would go to Austin Williams, former world champion. And the utility driver, Jeff Heffler, another multi-time world champion who we've talked about on the podcast before. Um, The Idaho team was submitted by Gordon Bovin, and uh, and this team was stout, too. Dragster dragster bracket driver Dan Lafferty, door car bracket driver Race Kid, uh, young gun out of there. That whole family is pretty nasty. Race, his sister, his father. Um, 
bottom ball driver Mick Alley, who I watched win the Jags All-Stars this year in Chicago. Super class entrant was Dick Vandermeer. Uh, stock super stock, Jackie Alley, keeping it in the family. And again, keeping it in the family as the utility driver, Mark Kidd. That's the father in that family, for those of you that aren't familiar with the, the left coast bracket racing scene. Yeah. So so we got to uh, pair those two against each other. We've got to somehow decide if we think that group of Texas All-Stars is better or worse than that group of Idaho All-Stars. So I'll uh, I'll let you start this off. What do you, what do you think, Big Jet? <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> well, you know, Texas team, it is straight up All-Stars in Texas uh, on that team. When you look at them line by line, there's not a weakness of any kind. And I feel like Idaho is one of those areas of the country, Luke, that just doesn't get credit for, for the talent that they have. They don't get the credit they deserve. They're less full of racers that know all the tricks, and they're very talented. That being said, I'm going with Texas. Yeah, I'm with you. That I think that Idaho area is very underrated uh, for a lot of years. They sent a group to the million that always acquitted themselves really well. Um, Lafferty and Aaron Markham and, and Mark Kidd and um, there's some others that I'm leaving out. Like that's a, that's a difficult part of the country to race at. And I think a lot of that's due to the, um, the strength of the program there at Boise. Um, but yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. It's hard to go against that Texas team. I'm going to advance them on to round two. Okay. So Texas moves to round number two. Next up is California in the left lane and Louisiana <laughs> in the right. We're right up your alley so, here, Jed. <laughs> yeah. So California's team was submitted by Mark Yeager, a great racer in his own right. And um, he, he has a, an all-star team as well. Dragster driver Steve Kasner. Uh, door car driver is Ted Kellner. Legend. Uh, bottom, yep. Bottom bulb is uh, is a bad dude. Kyle Rizzoli. Um, Ninety class is uh, Steve Williams, one of your K and N teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, stock super stock is a is a five time champion now. Jimmy DeFrank, and the utility driver is none other than Big Nasty himself, former podcast guest Kyle Big Nasty Cyple. I know that guy. Uh, that is a stout California team, but they are taking on a. Uh, a team that I've kind of fallen in love with here as we analyze this, uh, and that's our, our uh, Bayou boys, so to speak, the uh, the Louisiana team, which is submitted by uh, Cody Harger. And uh, Cody's team is, is strong. Um, dragster driver, Johnny Ezel. I call him Johnny Bracket Racing. Um, he probably had as good a year as anybody, maybe a little bit uh, more quietly, certainly, than Jeff Verde or, or, or maybe Kevin yeah. Brannon. But uh, Ezel was awesome all year and has been for several years. He's nasty. Yes. Uh, door card bracket driver, a uh, guy named Travis Barnett, that, again, outside of that region is probably not real well known. But he has won... Um, the day leading the day up to the million, million and was deep the day after the million this year and a firebird that goes four sixties. Like that's worth yes. something in itself. Um, Travis Barnett's a bad dude. Bottom ball representative for Louisiana was Travis Lipscomb, who you are very familiar with. Uh, has won a familiar. couple of your races. I know, um, the 90 representative from, uh, from the Bayou States, none other than Steve Collier. Not only is Steve like a perennial top 10 threat. Um, he goes 170 miles an hour in a Vega. That's got to get some cool points. Uh, stock, super stock, Cooter Hidalgo, bad dude. Uh, and utility driver, I think, is a great pick in Slate Cummings. I have seen that dude win in a lot of uh, different cars and a lot of different uh, forms of racing, I guess. So yeah. what uh, – I'll get your take in a second. Like, this is, this is tough because I think the California guys are bigger names – 
um, Kasner, Kellner, Rizzoli, Williams, DeFrank, Seipel, like those are nationally recognized names. And I don't know that there's necessarily maybe outside of, of Slate a lot of that with this Louisiana crew, but maybe it's because we're more familiar with this Cajun crew, but I'm telling you that Bayou team is stout. Um, yes. The problem with, with doing this and debating them back and forth is this, like I relate it to, to, um, racing at Atco, New Jersey, or, or really even racing at, at Memphis, Tennessee, because like those are two racetracks where the track's awesome. Um, the weather doesn't usually play in a crazy role. Um, and like the tree seems to come on when everybody wants it to, like for whatever reason, it's just really easy to make good runs there. And, and, you know, in to say that it's easy to make good runs anywhere. Like the packages are just tighter there. Bradenton, Florida is like that too. So the racers that come from that area, um, they tend to have a little bit different skill set. Like it's more about laying down that five to 10 thousands package round after round than it is necessarily driving the finish line, um, you know, or doing a great job at making the finish line tight. It's, it's, we've talked about the change in eighth mile bracket racing in general. Like it's more package based than driving based now, whereas 10 years ago it was probably the opposite. Yep. And then like the opposite of that, there was a comment on, a, there was a team submitted from Colorado and Chris Whitfield, who's like one of the few racers that I actually am familiar with from Colorado, and he's awesome. Um, he had made a comment on there about how there's a lot of guys in that Denver area that are really tough to beat at Vandermeer on the mountain, but they don't travel particularly well. And that makes sense because sure. I've never raced at Vandermeer, but like that place has got to be its own animal. So if you were to oh take... Goodness the team from Tennessee which is loaded like we'll get to them in a little bit and make them race the Colorado team at Vandermeer like I'd take Vandermeer you know what I mean like that's a whole different world up there um and but the skill sets are so different like that's it's so difficult to say okay well I'm just going to put these two on a on a neutral field so to speak or a neutral racetrack like um and and kind of tip the odds in one favor like i think that's what makes this so difficult and i see a lot of that in in like the in this particular matchup with these two teams like the the left coast is an entity of it in and of itself like the the racetracks out there are so they compete in so such different areas like just the, the little bit that i've been out there like pomona and vegas they might as well be two different worlds. Like you, yes, you'd no run doubt. two and a half tenths quicker at Pomona than you would at Vegas. You know what I mean? Um, so if you made this a, a compilation of races like contested at Division Seven tracks, I would definitely say the advantage is with California. If this is an eighth mile race in the Southeast, I'll take that Louisiana team. So, uh, it's, so you just took them both. Yeah, yeah, I did. Can I do that? <laughs> That's not allowed. <laughs> All right, this is a tough call. I'm. Uh, um, and I, I don't really expect a lot of people outside of the southeast to agree with me, particularly anybody west of the, I guess, Texas. I'm going with Louisiana. You know, just like you, you know, I look at California's list and names on that list are people I feel can race with anybody. And there's some very accomplished people in the group and collectively, heck, they've won just about everything their region has to offer, if not everything, and some of what all regions has to offer. I guess my biggest issue is trying to get over the fact that I know the Louisiana team so well. You know, I've raced against, you know, you're in the same boat. I've raced against pretty much all these guys, and they're extremely difficult to get around. So it's probably due to me living where I live, but I've got to go with Louisiana. 
Wow, all right. We agreed on the first two. That was, although I went off on like a 10-minute tangent about racing in New Jersey when we were talking about <laughs> California and Louisiana, that was pretty simple. Uh, so we've got Texas and Louisiana advancing to the round of eight from the southwest region, which is now turning into what I think most of us would think of as the southwest. Yeah, it actually is the southwest region. So next up is, uh, is the east region. And um, a couple of <laughs> stacked teams again, uh, North Carolina and Pennsylvania. North Carolina's always the one seed in the east. It's in, that's Duke something. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, the North Carolina team. There were several uh, teams submitted from North Carolina. In that instance, we just chose the team that we thought was the best or the racers that we were the most familiar with. Um we chose the team submitted by Steve Foley and uh, Steve's dragster bracket driver uh, is Chad Duke, door car bracket driver, Tommy Plot, foot breaker, Steve Foley, the man, the myth, man, the myth, the legend himself, um, 90 racer, Steve Furr, five world championships, can't be wrong, uh, <laughs> stock super stock racer, Joel Warren, and the utility driver for the state of North Carolina was Danny Waters Jr. How about the Pennsylvania team? What are we looking at there, Jed? Uh, the Quaker State is uh, was submitted by my good friend Mark Denebaum. Uh He's another great racer himself, and uh, he put together a really stout team. Mm-hmm. Uh, dragster driver, Big Benny Domino. I mean, guys, one of 50 and, and just about everything else you can win. And door car is Dan Northrup, which, I mean, we all know how talented Dan is. In foot brake, I mean, you got a guy that, that might be the best out there on the bottom in Brock Mosier. Uh, 90 driver, uh, very, very accomplished, Iggy Borsesco. Uh, super stock and stock, another highly accomplished guy, and Brian Warner. And the utility driver is uh, a guy, my man from Shamokin, Pennsylvania, Jeff Krasinski, which is uh, a guy that just freaking wins. That's all he does. Yeah, this is, I mean, whatever this is our third pairing and i think i've said all of them like man this is a tough one this is a tough one this is really close like i know they're all really close how i'm looking at this and i'm trying to reconcile with myself like how do i eliminate a team with steve fur and tommy plot um but i'm i'm gonna do it i I like that pennsylvania team i'm going pennsylvania Oh, that's uh that is a tough team to to pick against either side you know and, and this is actually getting more difficult it seemed like but north carolina is most definitely a hotbed for talented racers we know that and some of the toughest racing i've personally been involved in happened in north carolina and uh, this list is only a small representation of of the uh, crazy amount of talent that that state has to offer no that's a good then point you- i have personally have a really bad track record in north carolina that should probably tell me how difficult it is to race there <laughs> but anyway but you look at pennsylvania's list and it's full of amazing racers also like i said brock you know he might be one of the best foot brake racers that's ever lived and um the rest of that talent is is obvious but I just feel like maybe North Carolina's team has gained their wins and notoriety through a slightly tougher group of competitors on average. So (laughs) I'm going against you this time. I'm picking North Carolina. Oh, okay. This is like crazy eights, and we got the same card now. we got to really break this down. (laughs) All right, we're going to break it down pair by pair then. Uh, So we'll start with the dragster bracket driver, um, North Carolina, Chad Duke. Pennsylvania, Vinny Domino. Who you got head to head right now? Uh, I'd say Big Van. Yeah, that's a close one, but I'm I'm with you. So since in this instance we both agree, 
we're going to say one point to Pennsylvania. I got my little scratch paper out here so we can keep up. So that's PA 1, North Carolina 0. Uh, door car driver, uh, I'm letting you go first here for a reason. Tommy Plot, Dan Northrup, give me a pick. Um, I love Danny, but I can't pick against Tommy Plot ever for anything. Guy just, he wins. Tommy Plot. Okay, the reason I wanted you to pick first there is I can't decide. They're both awesome, and I was just going to pick the opposite of whoever you pick. So I'll take Danny Northrup, and that way that one's a push. No point awarded for uh, top bulb door car driver. Okay. On the bottom, Steve Foley from uh, North Carolina via Kentucky against Brock <laughs> Mosier, the uh, the Pennsylvania representative. I, uh, I'm with you there. Like, Foley is awesome, and he is one in the Vega. Like, that should get him some kind of credit. My Vega, not Brock's Vega. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm with you here. The little bit that I've been around and seen Brock Mosier in person, he's been unbelievably impressive. So I would give the nod to Brock. Yeah, um, you know, I have to take, in the consideration the the weapon of choice for each driver and mm -hmm. just throw them on a neutral field you know foley's got the small tire car he's ultra talented but brock's got great equipment and he ain't scared at all i mean he the red light does not scare him at all and he is nasty a lot so i gotta go with brock all right so that gives pa2 north carolina none uh 90 classes steve fur against my man iggy um Iggy's obviously very accomplished. I don't want to run either of these guys. I don't want to run anybody that we've talked about. But in this matchup, again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. Five world championships can't be wrong. Give me fuzz. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I don't. I know Iggy's accomplishments. I've watched him race a lot. We're not tight, but um, fuzz is just my goodness. The guy's amazing, and uh, I'd have to go fuzz on that one for sure. All right, so that brings us Pennsylvania 2, North Carolina 1. It's getting close as we might expect. Stock, super stock, Joel Warren, North Carolina. Brian Warner, Pennsylvania. Oh, man, another tough one, but I don't know. Brian just seemingly done it so long, so successful. Uh, I'd have a hard time picking against him. I guess I'm going to have to pick Brian. Yeah, I'm with you, and I actually – forgive me pennsylvanians i get the brothers confused there i was actually won the championship the same year that either brian or byron did um i think it was brian but anyway i i agree i think i've got to give warner the uh the nod there whether brian warner is a former world champion or not and i should know that so that uh that actually regardless of what we think of the utility drivers that gives pennsylvania three north carolina one so i think that means we've got to advance pennsylvania yeah, it looks like your team is uh, is going to move on there, but um, we might as well talk real quick about it. And Danny Waters Jr., we, we know how great Danny Waters Jr. is, but uh, Krasinski, dude's bad news. Door car, dragster, foot brake, top, it doesn't matter. He is uh, the excellent choice for a utility driver. Yeah, I agree. And another one kind of like I alluded to with Brock, like I haven't raced with Jeff a lot, uh, haven't been at the same facility with him but every time that i am like he's around late and doing really impressive things and i read about him all the time so yeah i agree he's one that from a distance i am extremely impressed with so uh, my north carolina team got shot down sorry guys uh, y'all are very talented but when you break it down the way we did it looks like pennsylvania moves on i see what you did there you just made yourself the good guy for north carolina <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can tell where I this go is going. I go to North Carolina a lot more than I would Pennsylvania. So. 
<laughs> I see those guys a lot more. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All next right, up. next up in the East region, our other matchup, New Jersey versus Virginia. Uh, do I have to pick? Uh, yeah, why don't you tell us the teams first, though? <laughs> Uh, New Jersey was, uh, it was uh, submitted by uh, Brian Mullaney, um, son of the the super famous Bob. Big Bucks. And, uh, yep, Bucks. He and, and Brian put together one heck of a team. You know, he got uh, Chicken, got Brian Balducci out there in the, in the dragster. Uh, the door car is, uh, shoot, this guy could have been in any spot, Steve Sisko. <laughs> Um, bottom bulb, there's only one choice. There is much talent in New Jersey. It's still big bucks. Bob Mullaney, uh, 90 driver mentioned him earlier guys. Uh, again, crazy talented Tom Stalba, uh, super stock stock is uh, one of my heroes on the racetrack, Anthony fetch and the utility driver is another one of my good buddies. That's, uh, can, can do just about anything in the race car. And that's Denny Mack, Denny McCloskey. Agreed. Uh, Virginia team was submitted by Lisa King. We had uh, Dragster Driver, Wesley Washington Jr., a.k.a. WW Dot. Uh, door Car <laughs> Driver, uh, friend of the podcast, former guest, Jeff Verde. I think we all know Jeff. Um, yeah. Bottom Ball Driver, Seth Phillips. Uh, you can speak more to Seth. I know that he is another one that has won a Nasty. Of your events. Yeah. Ridiculously good on the bottom. 90 Class Driver, Jerry Williams. Stock super stock. Uh, if five world championships can't be wrong, like 19 certainly can't be wrong. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's right. 19 between NHRA and IHRA. If not, it's close to that. Anthony Bertozzi and utility driver, I thought was a really good pick too. Guy that's been doing this a long time and is pretty nasty on all levels. In uh, and Steve Withrow. So I I gotta tell you, Jed, when this post popped up on our on our Facebook comment, I took one look at that Virginia team and thought, oh my God, that's nasty um and i guess like um you'd be hard fi- you, you'd be hard pressed to find a team that looks better than that on paper um but yes, uh, when i look at that team i think uh wow and i and i'm su- i guess surprised a little bit because like i don't know of a huge like big marquee race that's ever been held in virginia like i can count on one hand the number of times i've ever raced in the state of virginia so like i don't think of that area as a hotbed so to speak um but um but that team i got wesley jeff verdi seth phillips jerry williams anthony bertozzi steve withrow like that's 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 mean nasty um but i'm kind of with you 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 counted off that new jersey team and there's not a flaw there there's not a weak link at all um, as difficult as it is to eliminate Virginia, I'm, I, I got to go with New Jersey. What do you think? Yeah, you know, Virginia's team looks almost unbeatable. Um, you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to find a team that can look better than that on paper. But, you know, you think about how stout they are, and then you've got guys like Kevin Pollard and Chris Moran that are being left off, which shows how wow. good that state is, how much talent <laughs> is in the state. Those guys are all-stars, plain and simple. And then, you know, you look at New Jersey, and the team's absolutely stacked, uh, top to bottom, you know, no pun intended. You can switch their positions a lot of different ways and switch those drivers around in different spots, and they still, they're still going to get wins. I mean, this team is stupid good. So uh, uh, as much as I love my Virginia uh, friends and the racers on that list, I, I've got to go Jersey. Okay, so we're in agreement there. We're moving on New Jersey. I, I, 
That's a tough one. I mean, I think oh, we've said so that four hard. times, but yeah. Uh, so okay, so New Jersey and uh, and Pennsylvania, we're sticking it in the Northeast. Uh, moving on to, I guess, what would be our regional final um, in the Eastern Division. That brings us to the Central. This is my uh, this is my domain, my area, uh, yes, and my yes. state's the first up. Illinois versus Kentucky. Our uh, our Kentucky team was. Uh, was brought to us from Tommy Flowers, and this is another one. We had several Kentucky teams. This was the one that we um, kind of handpicked and picked out as the the best team or the, the team at least that we're most familiar with. Dragster driver, uh, Josh Baker. Door car driver, Adam Klein. Bottom bulber, Clayton Clark. Stock super stock ace, Ricky Decker. And their, uh, their 90 entrant was Rusty Cook. And the utility is, uh, I think, a no-brainer if you're in the state of Kentucky, uh, Scotty Richardson. Yeah, and uh, it's a really tough team. And um, we'll switch over and look at Illinois team, which was uh, obviously submitted by you. Nobody and, even uh, challenged me. Like, we didn't even get another Illinois team. So we're sticking well, with have, that. Have you seen your team? <laughs> I mean, why would you challenge yeah, that? Yeah, we're pretty strong. <laughs> Dragster driver is, uh, is Brian Folk. Um, guy, I mean, the list keeps going on. Door car drivers, Andrew Piazza, uh, bottom bulb, Brett Williamson, uh, 90 class uh, is you, Luke, cool hand, Luke Bogacki. You might have heard of him. Stock, super stock is uh, Nick Folk and utility driver. Um, again, these last two fresh off of uh, world and national championships, respectively, is Chad Isley in the utility spot. Couldn't have picked a better guy in the utility spot right there. Yeah, that's uh, and that's two really stout teams. Um, I, I love our Illinois team, but I, I spend a lot of my a lot of uh, weekends of my life racing in Kentucky, and I know a lot of them guys too. Um, I, I love our team, but I'm just here to tell you, Josh Baker is incredible, and he's underrated. Um, I don't know that a lot of people outside of that region are familiar with Clayton Clark. But that is one bad dude. Like specifically, mm-hmm. you don't want no part of Clayton Clark if you ever go to Bowling Green. But no. he has proven he can do it anywhere. Like he's, it's not just a Bowling Green thing. Um, and I think to me, like I break this down, and I think it's close. But unfortunately for me and us here in the the land of Lincoln, Scotty Richardson resides in the state of Kentucky. Um, as much as I hate to say it, I, I got to advance Kentucky here. I, that team is. Too much. Not a bad choice. Uh, you know, the Kentucky team is definitely a group I'd go to battle with. Josh and Clayton could fit in a couple of different spots there. Um, you know, my opinion is uh, that they didn't get all the talent that they have to offer. All of them didn't make the list. I mean, there's some major talent left off. I, I know it's hard to fit everybody in, but when I look at a team in Kentucky that doesn't have Phil Billy and or Lucas Walker. <laughs> That's a good uh, point. <laughs> I feel like at least one of them's got to make the list somewhere. I mean, those guys, uh, both of them, are ridiculously good. So, you know, then I look at the Illinois team, and the thing jumps out most to me is how calm each team member is uh, under pressure. You know, I, I feel like you could stand in the staging lanes with any of those guys and say, all right, you're two pair back. Here's the strategy that I want you to use, whether it's dial up five, whether it's dial three fast and spray it. They'll know exactly what to do, and they'll execute the plan to perfection. Uh, I mean, the talent on the Illinois team list is just crazy good, and uh, I just got to disagree with you, Luke. I've got to choose uh, your home state, Illinois. 
Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Here we go. No. Okay, you just, yeah, I didn't see this coming. You have, uh, yeah, you got me backed into a corner pretty good here. I get to lobby against my own damn state. <laughs> All right. Uh, that doesn't sound right, but it's happening. <laughs> All right, let's break this down head-to-head then. Uh, top bulb dragster driver, Kentucky's Josh Baker against Illinois' Brian Folk. Um, again, I know how great uh, Brian is, but you're right. Josh Baker is underrated, and um, I, I'd have to give him the nod. Yeah, I'm with you nationally. Like, it probably sounds crazy to advance anybody over Brian Folk, but I, I agree. Like, I think that much of Josh Baker. I, I'm going to give that one as as a point to Kentucky since we're in agreement. Um, door car driver, Adam Klein versus Andrew DiPiazza. Uh, again, a couple of super good racers here, but I guess um, neutral field, we probably have to go with Klein. That's a close one, though. That's real close. I struggled with that one when I looked at it. Um, and, and I'm with you. I, I think I, I'd got to give just a slightest edge to Klein, so that's going to put Kentucky up 2-0. Uh, Bottom ball, Clayton Clark against Brett Williamson. Clark, Kentucky, Williamson, Illinois. Um, man, Clayton is so good, and Brett is so good. I mean, this guy double enters and hot laps and just makes great run after great run, but I just, <laughs> as I look at it, you can't argue against Clayton. I mean, he, he possibly is the best no-box racer around. So, uh, again, I have to go with Clayton on that one. Yeah, this is a tough spot for me because I'm trying not to be biased. Um, and, and trying to be as objective as I possibly can. Like, I live in Illinois, I race in Illinois a fair amount, and I know Brett Williamson is awesome. And he's, he's, he's 18, 19 years old. Like, he's going to be somebody that the nation knows about in pretty short order. But I don't think I could sit here and say, like, in my mind, I'd line him up against Brock Mosier or Peter Biondo or Lucas Walker or whoever on the bottom like i i like my chances with brett but nationally um like i don't i don't think it's fair for me to say that because i get that close look at him and then and as he's won some big stuff um regionally and he's won the no box nationals but on a national stage like i think clayton's way more accomplished i know that's not what this is about it's who we'd pick uh, in one round of competition, but just from an experience factor and a notoriety factor, I'm with you. I, I'm taking Clayton. Um, so that's going to put Kentucky up quite a bit. It's 3 nothing. But... Um, Come on, Illinois. <laughs> Let's finish the backside of this thing. Stock Superstock. Well, the, the Illinois is about to come on pretty strong here. Stock Superstock. We got Nick Folk uh, up against Ricky Decker from Kentucky. Yeah, um... You know, Ricky's obviously a great racer, but I don't know. Nick, Nick to me, just can get it done in anything, and he is bad news in his stock, super stock equipment. And uh, I just, I mean, kid's almost unbeatable, so I'm going with Nick Folk. Yeah, no uh, disrespect to Ricky Decker, a heck of a racer, former world champion. Um, I don't know that you could line up anybody beside Nick Folk, and I'd pick against him. Um, so I'm with you. I'll take Nick. So that brings us 3-1, Kentucky over Illinois, and brings up our 90 classes, which is a bit of a conflict of interest. Um, Rusty Cook from Kentucky against yours truly from Illinois. And 
I'm just going to tell you right now, like, Rusty Cook's awesome, but this is my pick. And when I strap the helmet on, you line up Superman in the other lane. Like, I'm picking me. So I, you can take Rusty all you want, but you are never going to get more than a push out of this matchup. Just warning. Well, Rusty's one of the best that's that's ever been. Been doing it a long time. Yes, but, heck of a resume. Uh, we're we're not we're not racing um, from way back when or off of what you've accomplished over 30 years. We're we're racing tomorrow on a neutral field and um, put Superman over there. I'm still taking you. I'm going with uh, Cohan. Well, Superman's in Illinois too, so. <laughs> I mean, we got it covered all the way around. All right, so that's tightened things up. Kentucky 3, Illinois 2. It comes down to the u- utility drivers. Scotty Richardson from Kentucky. Chad Isley from Illinois. Isley's nasty. I mean, the guy doesn't get rattled. He don't care who's over there. Um, he is a bad, bad man. And, and that's just on a motorcycle or in a car. But uh, you can't bet against Scotty. Um, I'm with you. I hate this because Chad's awesome. Uh, yeah, you can't pick against Scotty. No, you know if it's uh, if it's again neutral field, just getting out there and getting after it. Uh, I, I don't eight out of ten, three out of ten, whatever, ever how you want to look at it. Uh, Chad's going to win his share, but uh, Scotty's going to come out on top probably more than than not. So we move on Kentucky. So in. Uh... Well, that's just the first pair of the Central Region. Then, so we've got Kentucky moving on. Uh, in the next round, they will take on the winner of our next pair, which is Ohio against Indiana. Uh, and this was an interesting set of teams. Um, Ohio uh, was uh, it was Randy Biddle that submitted this team. Ohio was one. We probably had more entrants from Ohio than any other state. Um, but we chose Randy's team for the uh, dragster driver. The Ohio representative is Randy Shewer. Door car representative, Kenny Underwood, um, former Million Dollar Race winner, former everything. And I get when I run through these guys, like I don't mean to dismiss Randy because I don't talk about him. Like he just won a 25 grander um, two months ago. Uh, he's awesome. He's <laughs> yeah. won the Norwalk Track Championship, I don't know how many times, at least like three. Um, and that's prob- arguably the most difficult track championship to win. Um, but just trying to skim through these guys a little bit, I guess, and give them each their due at the same time. Uh, Ohio Bottom Bulber, Nasty Nick Hastings. Um, Nasty is a good nickname for that guy. Yes. 90 driver, um, back-to-back NHRA and IHRA World Championships. Hard to argue with that. Jacob Elrod. Stock Superstock representative, our buddy Duck, Mike Michael Beard. And the utility driver, uh, Randy Biddle Jr., yeah, that's that's a main team right there. That's a stout group. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, and there's some big names left off of that list. And you get over to Indiana, um, a lot of tough racers there too. And Brian Whitworth, our good friend, Brian uh, submitted this group. And dragster drivers Mark Seymour, which uh, we know how great Mark is. And then obviously door car West May. I mean that that guy. My goodness, uh, he is on a crazy good roll the last 24 months. Bottom above is Chris Walters, which um, on the bottom, this guy is as good as they get. He is bad news. He makes crazy good runs. Yeah, kind uh, of 90- another sneaky uh, guy that yes. might not be a national name, but is awesome. I agree. You're really a, a white regal over there. He, he's gonna he's gonna get after you pretty good. Uh, 90 class, you got uh, Sean Langdon, which you know a lot of people will know him as a top fuel racer, but he's a former world champion. Twice over. <laughs> 
and, and super comp. Um, stock super stock Ricky Decker. Whoa, 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 what? Yeah, Ricky Ricky showed up on our, our Illinois list. On our uh, Kentucky on our list. So is Ricky Decker. Yeah, I'm in mean our Kentucky list. We, I'm sorry. We're going to need a ruling here. Is Ricky Decker a Kentuckian or a Indiana? <laughs> I guess we're just going to let it slide for now because well, Kentucky's been eliminated. So I guess Ricky's the only one in our in our runoff that's double entered. So He bought back. Sure. <laughs> he bought back and got in the Indiana side. Uh, utility for uh, Indiana is another great Jeff Taylor. Yeah. Um, two pretty nasty teams like i mentioned earlier we had a lot of um, entries from ohio and most of them for the door car driver like listed skirt and i'm laden skirt <laughs> skirt no idea who skirt is right i actually had to message one of the um people that submitted an ohio team like okay this is going to be a really stupid question who's skirt Skirt is Justin Vickers. I know Justin Vickers. I didn't know yes. Skirt. Okay, yeah. Um, I guess it would be uh, like some people in Ohio or, or certainly further west or further north when we say Champ. I might have, not have any idea who Champ is. Champ Stephen McCrory. <laughs> when we get to Georgia, I think we'll mention Champ. Um, so anyway, we ended up selecting an Ohio team that didn't include Skirt. Um, it also didn't include Jake Coughlin, which seems crazy, but... I guess it's a testament to just how many good racers there are in the state of Ohio. Um, this is tough. Yeah. Like you got, if you break it down car to car, like your door car matchup is Kenny Underwood and Wes May. How do you pick a winner there? <laughs> like that's unbelievable. Um, uh, Nick Hastings against Chris Walters. Ooh, oh my I'm, goodness. Yeah. I'd love to watch 10 of those. Just <laughs> no doubt. 10 straight. Um, like all of them, this is tough. Uh, I'm going to give a slight edge to this Ohio team. Randy Shewer, Kenny Underwood, Nick Hastings, Jacob Elrod, Michael Beard, and Randy Biddle Jr. Um, I, I like that team. I'm going to go with them. Yeah, not a bad choice there. You know, the Indiana team's very tough, um, very accomplished racers there. And that list comes out on top most of the time. But, man, the Ohio team's just a – there's so much talent there. It's just a small sampling of, of the state that's so rich in talent. Like you said, it doesn't even have a Coughlin, and it's still loaded. Um, <laughs> and, and I know how nasty some of those guys are, too. I've, I've faced them fairly often. That's uh, It's definitely Ohio for me. All right, so we're going to advance Ohio. So it'll be Ohio against Kentucky uh, in the round of eight coming out of that central region. So we're down to our last region, Jed, and it's, it's, we're, going, uh, we're going to your neck of the woods here. We're going to the south. Yeah, it's, uh, it's getting good now. This is where the best racers are. I don't know if y'all heard about it, but uh, Florida <laughs> versus Tennessee going to be coming up. And, you know, uh, I'm sure I'm biased. In theory, you'd think the number one overall seed and, and the favorite once we get to the Final Four would come from this region. Uh, you got um, weather. You got home of the majority of the biggest events and so on. But um, there's a lot of talent out there in those other states and regions. But are this you one? trying to prepare me for the idea that the South's going to be more difficult to uh, pick than the last three regions? Luke, this one's bad. This oh. one's really, really hard. And what it are starts we out. doing to ourselves? Okay. It starts out right here, Florida versus Tennessee. Uh, you know, the Florida team was, um, was sent to us by Donovan Williams. Heavy D. Um, yep, Heavy D. Um, you know, his dad's on the list. We'll get to him. But in the drag exercise, Troy Williams Jr., um, I mean, who who wouldn't take Troy Williams Jr. on your team? So congratulations, Florida, for for having him have his home there. Door car is uh, is Siegel. Uh, John Siegel um, has won it all, uh, and he, he 
can went on the bottom top and you can leave them on the middle wherever you want them to go but their bottom bulb choice was tim butler which is an absolute legend i mean tim my goodness he's been winning races since who knows when it's been a long time they're 90 categories mike rough big mike nasty uh stock super stock i'm not sure this was legal uh but they threw two, <laughs> donovan threw two choices in there scott sanders and uh, bj bianchi both of them very talented but me personally uh, couldn't not take bj um, as as the stock super stock guys bj's bad news and, i'm fine with that with, with bj in there because a he's awesome and, and b i'm more familiar with him so yeah let's yeah. let's pencil in bj there and utility driver um i'd, I'd love him to be my utility drivers gary gw doughboy williams um <laughs> he he don't need any introduction or any hype but uh donovan's dad is bad bad news yeah if uh he's bad enough news no matter what the circumstance is but if you dangle out 50 grand or more to win that's the least favorite guy that anybody wants to run all he does is win huge races um all right so that's florida and that's that's like Hall of Fame material. Oh, this is oh, this is stupid coming up. But we've got Tennessee um, team from Tyler Lynch, dragster driver John Labuse Jr. Little caboose um, again needs no introduction. Door car driver Jason Lynch, as Tyler put here, A.K.A. Catfish. Yeah. Um, bottom bulber relocated from Ohio, now a Tennessee resident, Rick Bear. Oh, the 90 race, another relocation kid grew up in Florida, Ray, Ray Ray Miller stock, super stock, another relocation guy that I watched race in Texas growing up, the King Edmund Richardson, longtime Tennessee resident now, and the utility driver Van Greer. Uh, I know that you are very familiar with Van as am I, uh, another guy that, um, maybe nationally doesn't get the respect that he deserves but uh capable of winning in literally anything <laughs> yes he is He's and proven. has won in anything yeah exactly proven more than most um van's one of a kind guy an extremely talented racer um how do you break this down jed florida tennessee first round well you know uh the florida team um my goodness that that I mean, what do you say about them other than they're just absolutely some of the best that's ever done it? And, you know, no offense to Tim Butler. Uh, this guy's a Hall of Famer, first ballot. He's won it all. But a Florida team, to me, without Manny as the choice on the bottom, we're, we're talking about going to race right now, today, tomorrow, neutral field. Uh, Florida team without Manny on the bottom just has me a little confused. So then you get to Tennessee. I mean, come on, guys. There's too many people on this list that aren't really from Tennessee. They don't talk right. Yeah, okay, this got... feels like, like a college football team with real shady recruiting practices. Yeah, you should be able to talk right if you live in Tennessee. They've got great <laughs> racers don't talk right. So, so I'm a little taken back by that, but the fact is they live there now, and they're ridiculously good. So I'm going with Tennessee. Oh, boy. Florida, you got the Williams brothers. And Tim Butler, who, as you mentioned, is a legend. Um, another one I think would, I would classify as being underrated nationally. And I think, in large part, outside of Troy and Gary, like that's the problem with Florida. Like it's those guys are so far removed from the rest of the country, especially down there in, in South Florida. 
um, it's hard for them to travel and kind of gain that national recognition. And it's different yeah. than it used to be. You know, 10 years ago, the ma- the majority of the best racers in the country went to Florida for a month every November. So we got to see how good those guys that don't really get out of the state are. Like I think of guys like Mike Ferraro and Brendan George, and there's plenty more from the state of Florida that could race with anybody. Yeah. Um, but aren't nationally known just because they're so far south from everything else. Um, but the disadvantage that Florida racers have now, like those races aren't what they used to be, and I just don't feel like they've got the opportunity to prove themselves that they did in years past. Um, and let's just be honest, they have a brutal draw here. Like Edmund, yes. Little Caboose, Ray Ray. If Jason Link is Jason Lynch is the weak link on your team, my God. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do with Tennessee? I, I got to advance Tennessee here. I'm with you. So we'll move them into uh, into round two in the uh, in the South region, and that brings up your home state, Big Jed. We've got our last pair of the first round here. Left lane, Alabama. Yeah, right. You lane. got Alabama versus Georgia here. This Whew. is this is huge. <laughs> so my uh, SEC my, championship. My my. Yeah, SEC championship. My my football roots has just got me already fired up about this. But uh, my Alabama team that that I submitted and my dragster is uh, Timmy Two Toes, Timmy Smith, uh, just fresh off a national championship and and uh, his dragster, uh, Door Car. Um, I, don't, I I don't know how he got on the list. Really, I, I must have made a mistake. But Todd, we're going to go with Todd Ewing for every Dorfer. team has a weak link. <laughs> we're going to go with Bones here. <laughs> bottom bulb. Um, I've talked about a lot of great bottom bulbers from a lot of states. Uh, give me this guy and line him up against anybody. He's going to talk it and he's going to walk it. And Adam Davis um, is this dude is nasty. Um, and my super class is Brad Pluard. He is um, what I just preached against in the last round with Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> He's your transplant. <laughs> Brad, Brad is uh, is from Washington. Ringer. But, but he is as country as it gets now up in uh, Coleman County. He and does seem like he stock fits super, in down there. I'll give you he that. does. He loves it. <laughs> stock Superstock is uh, uh, reigning world champion Jeff Strickland. And my utility driver is none other than Julio Hugh Meeks. Uh, I I can sense the pride in your voice when you talk about that. Thing, but it's uh, it's for good reason. That's uh, that's a heck of a group. Um, but Georgia stout too now. Georgia uh, submitted by Jeremy Hancock. Georgia uh, dragster bracket driver I think's kind of a given, and that's who we alluded to earlier. Champ. Uh, that's Stephen McCrory. Um, I would hope at this point in his career needs no introduction. Um, the guy's won it all, and and. Not only does he win a lot, like he tends to do it in really impressive fashion. Uh, he gets style points. I'll give him that. Um, yeah. Door car bracket driver, um, probably the winningest bracket door car in history. Maybe the winningest bracket door car driver in history. Tricky Ricky yeah. Jones. Um, bottom bulb foot brake racer, Kelly King. Another guy that, and I guess this is kind of common with the foot breakers, probably not particularly well known outside of the state of Georgia. But uh, that dude can get it done and seen him, seen him do it in a variety of cars. Yes, uh, the '90 class representative Sherman Adcock. Um, I think Sherman Adcock is super gas, super comp racing. Like when you think super gas, super comp, you think Sherman Adcock. Uh, been doing it forever, been successful forever, um, and still obviously a really bad dude to this day. 
um, stock super stock. My buddy Jeff Adkinson, uh, ringer from uh, from that area, peanut farmer. Uh, yes. Gets it done in both of those classes with a great deal of regularity. And uh, utility, one of our uh, good friends or somebody that we I think both look up to a lot is uh, is Bug McCarty and uh, an excellent racer in his own right. Just to be chosen as the utility driver is quite a uh, feather in your cap. But I think he's a great pick, a guy that can do it all. Yeah, no doubt. And I love all the guys on that list, and um, I love Bug. Uh, he, he's Bug's been great to me. Uh, Why do I feel has, like I know where this is going? He has owned me. Bug has, and this is my chance to get him back. I, you know, I don't need to upset anybody here. I mean, I'll make my pick, and we'll just agree to walk away as friends. George is loaded and impossible to argue against. But look at that Bama team, Luke. Roll Tide. Let's let's go Bama right here. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm with you. I, I, I guess the tide is, is rolling. Uh, <laughs> for me, this one's Bama um, by a narrow margin. That Georgia team's awesome, but there are no holes in your Alabama squad. Like we joke about Bones uh, as being the weak link. That's nobody that you want to take on in that Vega. Um, nah. And the bottom ball pairing, you got Strickland and AD. Um I'm not sure that there's another state that can compete with that. So uh, I'm with you. I'm going to take uh, Alabama to uh, to move on. So that's going to set up our, uh, our quarterfinal round, uh, which is going to be in the southwest, Texas versus Louisiana. Uh, in the east, we got Pennsylvania versus New Jersey, that northeast matchup. In the central, Kentucky will take on Ohio. And uh, I lost our other one. Oh, in the South that we just did, Alabama and Tennessee. Woo, oh, bloodbath. Um, oh, that be hard. I'm pretty sure we've pieced this out in a couple of different segments. I'm pretty sure we're well over an hour in, uh, in today's episode. So what we're going to do is break this up, and we're going to talk about the quarterfinalists on next week. So that will give all of you a week to get on Facebook and tell us what we did wrong this week. <laughs> we probably left off several teams that deserve to be in there, and we probably picked eight wrong winners. Um, so tell us. And um, we'll post the, the pairings for the quarterfinals. You guys can debate amongst yourselves and maybe get a feel for just how difficult a task we have uh, we have put on ourselves here. You tell us who wins out of these final eight, because uh, it's it's pretty stout, top to bottom. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's, uh, it is going to be... Um very interesting to go forward and we, we definitely want to hear your feedback folks get on our facebook page and, and let us know what's happening what you think we messed up on and uh, what you would have done better if you were in our shoes all right that wraps up our episode four our um, discussion or at least the first round of the uh, all-state teams Thanks again to our sponsors, Racing RVs, and this is Bracket Racing, for uh, making this podcast possible. And thanks to each of you for listening. If this is the first time that you have listened to us, welcome. Uh, if you like what I've heard, this is our fifth episode. You can find the first four wherever you downloaded this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Our goal is to release a new podcast every week to the listeners, and that's every week of the calendar year. So stay tuned for plenty of great content going forward and folks be sure to subscribe to the sportsman drag racing podcast wherever it is that you find your favorite podcast you get it itunes stitcher google play whatever we're on there 
Yeah, and do us a favor if you uh, if you like what you hear, give us a rating and review on uh, on whatever format that you're listening to this on on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. Um, that's how we move up in the rankings so that more people can find us. And if you don't like what you hear, or if there's a technical problem with the podcast, or you'd like to see us go in a different direction, let us know directly. Um, put that on our Facebook page. Message us. Uh, put it out there for the world to see. We love to hear feedback, both positive and negative. And finally, be sure to join us on the hottest Facebook page going, the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast fan page. You can interact and become part of the conversation this week. Make sure you give us all the feedback from our all-state teams and get on that Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page and check it out today. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th. <laughs>